Welcome to the Revelation Church podcast. We trust today's message will speak to you. If you'd like to get in touch, just drop us an email at hello at revelationchurch.org.uk. Morning, Rev. Uh, as we head now into this next new week uh, on our Lent journey, uh, as we're exploring life in the wilderness, we've, we've looked at Thanksgiving, we've looked at listening to God, we've looked at confession, We've looked at Sabbath rest, obviously last week with the launch in Tottenham, we didn't have a sermon on Sabbath rest, but if you've been following the Welfare in Warfare podcast, um, that deliberately um, last week, uh, the Sabbath rest one was was released to coincide with that. And this week we're going to start looking at the theme of warfare, the reality of, of warfare in the Christian life. Obviously, not in terms of um, whether or not we're pacifists, but in terms of spiritual warfare, warfare that is specifically uh, concerning uh, spiritual issues, uh, not about nation so much against nation and, uh, and, and flesh and blood. The Bible says our warfare is not against flesh and blood, but not to get into fights and arguments with one another, with other people, but, but we wrestle against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places, Ephesians 6, that's where our wrestling is really is. So, so no true Christian is, a, is an out-and-out pacifist. And what I mean by that is, is that regardless of where you stand on human war, um, in order to have any chance of uh, doing well, being fruitful, um, winning the prize, you have to engage in spiritual war. It's just completely vital that you do so. And... Um, uh, Praise God for the gospel. In the gospel, we see Jesus at the cross, uh, not not just uh, satisfying the wrath of God uh, at our sins, which is obviously what he did do. You know, that the, the father made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God. There's that amazing mystery in the father, the son and the spirit where between the three persons of the Godhead working out our salvation for us. Not only that, also Satan is overcome at the cross. We're told that the, the principalities and the powers, the demonic forces, were uh, laid bare, were disarmed by the work of Jesus on the cross. All of, their, uh, all of the power that they have to really hold us in condemnation because of our sins, to hold us in death because of our law-breaking, Jesus deals with at the cross as he, as he, as he judges sin. Um, through his own death incredible mighty victory and uh, today we're going to we're going to be in exodus uh, as we have been um, and we're going to read from exodus chapter 17 verses 8 to 16 exodus 17 verses 8 to 16 let's read together then amalek came and fought with israel at rephidim so Moses said to Joshua, choose for us men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek while Moses, Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. Whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. And whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands grew weary, so they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. While Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. So his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the sword. We'll leave it there. It's a fascinating story. If you've been a Christian 
probably for more than a, a, a year or two, you would have come across it or you would have heard it uh, referred to. Actually, there's some more details about what happened there in the book of Deuteronomy. If you read Deuteronomy, a um, couple of verses, chapter 25, uh, verses 17 to 18, we'll see actually a little bit more detail about what actually went on there. Because uh, the Amalekites, they weren't, they didn't live in the Promised Land, uh, and and the people of Israel at this point in the journey are nowhere near the Promised Land. They're they're, they're right down in the in the south, really, of the Arabian Peninsula. They've been travelling about three months uh, by this stage, um, and uh, that's 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 where they're at, and um, in a place called Rephidim, and they're attacked by the Amalekites, who seem to have been a nomadic people. And it says this, it says uh, in Deuteronomy 25, verses 17 to 18, Remember what Amalek did to you on the way as you came out of Egypt, how he attacked you on the way when you were faint and weary and cut off your tail, those who were lagging behind you, and he did not fear God. So you've got the people of Israel traveling out of Egypt. They're faint, they're weary. And obviously there's, there's, there's multitudes of them, about three million in total, it's, it's, it's um, estimated. And so obviously you've got some at the back, the stragglers, those who are faint and weary, those who are lagging behind. And Amalek attack the tail end. Uh, and as a result, you, as you read in more depth in, in, around these, these scriptures, you see that God's wrath is so aroused by it, you know, that he says, I want you to blot out Amalek from under heaven. Uh, you're going to totally deal with these guys because of what they did. They showed no reverence at all. They, 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 they preyed on the weak. They preyed on the weary. They preyed on those who were, who were lagging behind. But it does give us really some, um, some fascinating insights really into, into warfare here. That it's often when we are faint and weary. And when, when there's bits of us that are just lagging behind, you know, <laughs> there's, things that we're not attending to, where we can find ourselves really vulnerable. And we'll look at that as we go through the message today. But I want you to notice that what we see here in this battle against Amalek, you see two things. There's both elements are covered, feet on the ground and hands in the air. So you've got Joshua and the army actually face-to-face -face fighting the Amalekites with real weapons. You've got that going on. And then you've got Moses up on the, on the hill with Aaron and her either side of him, hands in the air, and, and it's these two things together. It wouldn't have done to have just had one or just had the other. It's both together that make the difference. And, and also this in this story, really the bit that's emphasized is the, the action on the hill. Okay, it's kind of assumed. Yeah, you're in war, you've got, to do, you've got to do the stuff on the ground. But there's this more mysterious matter. What difference does Moses lifting his hands up away from the actual battle, lifting his hands up on a hill, what difference does that make to the outcome there? From human logic, should make no difference at all, should be completely irrelevant. But actually in the story, it's key. It seems to, it seems to sway the whole direction of the battle. That, and that's what's being emphasised in the story. The bit about Joshua and the army on the ground, it's kind of, it, it's, it's referred to, but it's, well, yeah, that's obvious. Um, but there's this other thing on the hill. And um, there are these two elements to warfare which we will focus on, but we will make sure that we focus on the same bit that we see in this story, which is the, uh, the warfare against unseen realities. You see, Joshua's fighting seen realities. The enemy's right in front of him. You can see who they are, what they are. 
And that's important um, for us in our Christian warfare, as I'll talk to you about that in a moment. But there's this unseen element as well. How do you, how do you, deal, how do you deal with that there? Um, let me talk about the seen realities. As a, as a believer, there are plenty of things that are right in front of our face that we need to attend to. And it's kind of obvious, but actually if we don't attend to it, we can get caught out in Christian warfare. Just a few examples. Um, things like going to bed at a decent hour. Sounds crazy. Right? What's that got to do with spiritual warfare? Well, if there's no sort of order in your life around that, then you'll tend to, at some point, you'll be ragged. You'll be ragged physically, which then begins to knock on. Emotionally, you're tired, you're weary, uh, and then you're actually vulnerable, way more vulnerable to spiritual attack when you're in that state than when you're not. So decisions about getting to bed at a decent hour, that's part of spiritual warfare. How about that? <laughs> How about that? Now, don't hear what I'm not saying here. I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, in order to be a victorious Christian, you have to go to bed at 9.30 every night. But you've got to think it through. You've got to, you've got to think through. Is this going to leave me just ragged? Is this way of living going to leave me ragged? Because if it's going to leave me ragged, it's going to leave me vulnerable. Things like um, diet. Just, I mean, it's great doing Lent. You have to think about that more than ever, food and, 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 and things, you know. But just diet. without It's not legalistic. The kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking. You're not, not certain foods are allowed and certain foods are not allowed. Not at all. But if... If there's no sort of mastery over your appetites and you just kind of you're just led this way and that by your appetites. But interestingly, Paul talks about that. He says, I, 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 I beat my body. I make it my slave. In order to um, not be disqualified. You think, What's that? What do you mean in order to not be disqualified? He's basically saying, if I don't get on top of my appetites, then they're going to end up mastering me and you can't serve two masters. So if my appetites are my masters, Jesus won't be anymore because I won't. I, I'm just I'm I'm driven by something else. And for some of us, this is something we really need to be aware of. For some of us, food's not, no big deal. But for others of us, it's a really big deal. Whether it's around, you know, being a master of not eating, some kind of eating disorder, or or being a food being a master, just dominating your every thought. What's for lunch? What's going to be for dinner? Think about that all the time. The Bible says, set your mind on heavenly things, not earthly things. Now, for some of this, it's not a big deal, but for some of us, it is. It's part of spiritual warfare, seeing realities, organising your life. Just learning how to prioritise and organise your life. It's part of spiritual warfare. Why? Because if you don't, what happens is, is that you, you, loads of things pile up, pile up, pile up, and get on top of you because you've not paid that bill. You've not just ordered things there, and then your life becomes chaotic, and the enemy loves a bit of chaos. Um, and then suddenly you're feeling overwhelmed and then depression and anxiety can come in and the, the enemy can really take advantage of that. It can become a spiritual matter and handling relationships well. This is absolutely key. Just keeping on keeping relationships healthy, uh, whether that's family, whether that's flatmates, whether that's colleagues, uh, whether that's friends, just kind of just learning to do relationships well in life, speaking the truth in love, bearing with one another. These are these are really, really important, so, so practical, but really important things in terms of warfare. If we don't attend to them, they can be neglected. Um, you can find there's bits in your life that end up lagging behind, and you think, wow, I've been really hit there. 
because it's just it's, it's lagging behind. You've not you've not you've not kept yourself together. You've just been neglectful. You thought I'd be all right, but well, it won't be all right if you don't keep an eye on it. <laughs> so it's important, really, really important that that we, that we just mature in that way. But then there's unseen realities, which these things which are much less measurable than that and things I would say that are primarily attended to in terms of the invisible realities of number one your heart the Bible says above all else keep 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 a close eye on your heart Proverbs chapter 4 I think that's verse 23 above all else look after your heart because the, the the springs of life flow out of it so keep an eye on your heart what's going on in there not overly introspective but just what's going, am, I, am I have I taken offense Am I in a place of unforgiveness? Am I am I enjoying the love of God? Um, am I am I am I am I um, stewing on vain regret? Um, am I enjoying and feasting on the promises of God? The, just the important questions to ask because these are unseen. It's not like anyone can look at you and see. You know, the Bible is clear that you know you can be smiling, but your heart can be heavy. You know, what's going on inside? And then the reality of spiritual powers unseen spiritual powers where this is where prayer comes in and and um, obviously with lent focusing on 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 different sort of kinds of praying and uh, just warfare prayer where where actually you attend to stuff in prayer and this is where i would say i'm just so grateful really for the lord's prayer so grateful for for that framework jesus gave us father in heaven hallowed be your name that that we can attend to his supremacy his worth, his centrality in our prayer life. It helps us to, to get the sun in the centre and everything else orbiting around that rather than putting other things in the middle. So, it, oh yeah, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. Oh yeah, great, right, let's spend time doing that. I'm investing in eternal things. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we want to see you work out your plans. It's not about my plans. I can have plans. But they're not sovereign. Your plans are the ones that really count. Lord, your will be done. Being concerned with that, carrying that in your heart. Give us this day our daily bread. Lord, I'm not going to worry about this situation and that thing. Lord, I just pray for your provision to come in. And please, Lord, keep an eye on these things. Please, Lord, we, we need some breakthrough there financially. Please, please hear, hear us. And lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Lord, protect us from every scheme, every plan of the enemy lord keep us from every every temptation that would be too much for us lord put a wall of fire around us protect us from these things yours is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever amen we end on him and his glory and his goodness what what a gift this prayer is for to us so that we can order our prayer life around the priorities of god and all these things that can tend to encroach and where the enemy can try and get us as we can cover them in prayer is so important that we do as we're doing that we're winning we're taking ground it's harder to measure than things that you can see but you will look back and see where God brings you you'll see the progress that you make and also notice this Moses isn't praying alone got too much for him maybe he started alone but he got too much for him he needed Aaron he needed her these two guys are held up his arms for him this is so important are we praying together are we are we doing that are you praying in your running partners it's you know it's i love talking in running partners i love it it's brilliant I have great catch up fellowship encouragement sharing what's going on i love that but it's all i tell you 
it comes to its zenith when we then turn it all upwards, turn it all to the Lord, make sure we always carve out um, good time towards the end of our talking to, that we need to pray and to bring this to the Lord. It's so important, lifting up one another's arms, seeing the victory, seeing God giving breakthrough where it wasn't before. Are we praying in GC? It's so important. So important that our gatherings don't become turn from fellowship to end up being a talking shop. You know, no, but that we're actually, we're, 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 we're Godward in it. We're, we're looking to him. We're, these things that have come up, we're then gathering it up to the throne. We're looking to him for mercy and for help in time of need. This is that we pray together Tuesday mornings. Keep on banging on week on week, month on month, year on year. It's a wonderful time to just be there, committing these things to the Lord, taking ground, praying for breakthrough, praying for evangelistic harvest, many, many lives to be saved. This is so key that we do this, so, so vital that we do this. Um, praying on Tuesday morning, praying we've got our enough um, prayer night uh, coming up in, in uh, on Friday. Let me just check the date, make sure I get the date right. We might have done it in announcements already, but um, Friday the 26th of March, gathering with our relational mission community on Zoom to pray together to seek God. Why? Because we, are, we know this is serious. We know if we don't attend to this, God doesn't say, you can pray if you like. If you don't, don't worry, I've, I've got you covered. God says, pray. The Apostle Paul says, put on all, the, all of your armour so, so that you can stand against the enemy. It's, it's vitally important. You know, I said, but I thought God's sovereign. Yes, but God in his sovereignty has ordained that we should pray. And has ordained that through prayer, his purposes would advance. Has ordained that through prayer, we would be protected from the schemes of the enemy, that all of his attempts on our lives would fail and would come to nothing. And so that's why we pray. That's why we take this so seriously. The Bible understands spiritual realities. That's why as Christians, we should do. We should too. We should ourselves be so uh, aware of, increasingly aware of unseen realities. Not, not so that you no longer attend to the things that are seen, not so that you go weird. Not so that you become someone who, you know, you, you, you like sort of like a sort of a, a Yoda sort of Christian figure. You, you know, you're kind of t detached from seen reality. No, Christian maturity has been able to hold both of those things at the same time. Recognize that both these things matter. We've got to attend to the things that are seen and attend to the things that are unseen. And God, by his Holy Spirit, will empower us and give us grace to do this, if we will settle our hearts, say, Lord, I'm going to pray now. I'm not going to just spend the whole time fidgeting and thinking about what else I should be doing. I'm going to settle my heart. Sometimes it takes me, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes to settle my heart. Imagine if I'd only set aside 10 or 15 minutes for prayer. <laughs> I'd be in trouble, wouldn't I? Say, Lord, now I'm going to set aside a bit more time because I know how long it takes me to, to settle. So I know this is what I'm doing. I'm praying. Dealing, I'm addressing these issues that are unseen, but they are as real as those things that are unseen. These things are vitally important, guys. You know, I, I want to end by just saying, you know, Jesus has set us free from the dominion of darkness. Hallelujah. He set us free from the devil's grip. We were in the grip of sin. We were in the grip of darkness. We were in the grip of death. Jesus, through his work on, on the cross, has just totally liberated us. He's kicked down the prison door. And he's pulled us out. Hallelujah. And I want to say to you, if you're among us today and you've never known the reality of Jesus in your life in that way, I tell you, he's done it for you. He's done all of the work. He's done the work so that you can be um, totally liberated 
really from 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 uh, oppressive dark powers real spiritual forces you can be liberated you can come into the light you can know that you're a new creation in Christ all by the grace of God all by his undeserved love and favor um, God so loved the world he gave his one and only son so that whoever trusts in him won't perish but will have everlasting life out of darkness and into light let's be those who take plant both our feet firmly on Jesus follow his example in prayer and in attending to the things that are seen and unseen and come and come into more and more victory as we go through God bless you church